Hello, be beautiful. Welcome to It's Time to Be You, the podcast that helps people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter, and I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm here to help you on your journey to dropping everyone else's expectations and create the life you truly desire. And as people pleasers, we tend to play by everyone else's rules, but it's time that we create our own. Do you ever wish that you could change your reality? Well, what if I told you that you could bend your reality? What would it look like if we started making the things that seem impossible more probable? Well, the power to bend your reality is going to help you get closer to the life you actually want to live and unlearn those people-pleasing tendencies. And today we are joined by Victoria Song. Like you, Victoria was a high achiever, chasing achievement and external validation to define her success. When those things left her feeling empty and unfulfilled, she realized that she needed to define her self-worth from within. And she's learned from over 25 coaches and has taken everything she's learned to become a leadership advisor to successful founders, CEOs, celebrities, and influencers. And she has put her knowledge into her best-selling book, Bending Reality, How to Make the Impossible Probable. And in today's episode, we'll learn some of the secrets to bending your reality. You'll learn about the two states of being to help you recognize when you're playing small in the contraction state and how to shift into the expansive state to access the state of flow and make that your default state. And you'll learn that the version of reality that you're currently in, it doesn't have to be your actual reality. And Victoria shows us that you don't need to know the how in order to change your reality. It's time to stop putting limits on what's possible for us. It's time to stop chasing success that isn't fulfilling. It's time to bend your reality and be you. Victoria, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, Before we really get into our interview, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yeah. So I'm a leadership advisor and I work with many tech founders, CEOs of very fast growing companies. I also work with influencer types that have a power platform and influence that we can use for good. Before I was a leadership advisor, I was a investor. So I used to be a venture capitalist and I invested in fast growing tech startups. So that's a bit about what I do. Awesome. And so tell us a little bit more about how you made the switch over to get into leadership advisory. Where did that kind of come from? Yeah. So I was tech investing since 2010. It was probably my first real job out of college. And it was fun because I was in entrepreneurship and I was working closely with startups and founders and it was, you know, the dream job. I was Mm -hmm. 23 when they hired me and it was so much fun to get that level of exposure to the board, to executive leadership teams, to um, really promising companies. And I loved every moment of it, um, but I found that the kinds of questions I was curious about and the kind of support I wanted to offer really went beyond, you know, the numbers, the business model, um, the growth strategy of the company. And it really was more about their leadership and how can I help them support them in realizing their full potential as a leader in um, really finding a life of not just uh, success, but really also fulfillment. And how do we make sure that they grow their business in an epic way at hyper speed, but while also honoring their well-being, their health, their family life, their um, personal life. And so I found that that was more my interest. 
And so I left VC uh, about 2016, and then I moved into this capacity full-time. Awesome. And so, I mean, I love that you kind of saw that it was beyond just like the professional growth, but also like the whole like well-being and like the person as a whole. So what was kind of like your eye-opener that you realized it was more about like your whole life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me at a very um, young age, I was surrounded by entrepreneurship. Like my parents are entrepreneurs and my brother's an entrepreneur. And so I had front row seats to like what it takes to win um, the resilience, strength and um, you know, fortitude required to build companies to kind of go against the odds. But I also witnessed how um, you might, how much sacrifice can be um involved as well. So like the sacrifice to one's family life, the sacrifice to one's health, uh, the sacrifice to really knowing what lights one up in the world because we get really busy chasing uh, external validation. And so I think that was kind of the beginning of me noticing, oh, there's a huge cost to the way people are going about success today. And I continue to see that when I went to my undergrad, I went to Yale University, then I went to Harvard Business School and I worked in finance. Um, I worked at Goldman Sachs right out of college. And so I was really surrounded by a lot of this traditional success and a lot of overachievers, but again, noticing this kind of empty success syndrome that was surrounding me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I you know, was very fortunate to have very early success, which then also meant that I figured out pretty quickly how empty I felt at the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sat out my first coach um, when it was about 2013. Um, I think I was about 26 years old at the time. And that was my first experience working with a life coach. And now I've since hired 25 coaches across mindset, health, sex, leadership, business, you know, all of the above. So, um, so yeah, my first experience was, uh, hiring a life coach. And that's when I started to realize, wow, I need to detox this, uh, tendency to want external validation. I need to detox this constant chasing of achievement and find a centeredness and a self-worth that was defined from within. And um, yeah, that was my first uh, taste of what it felt like to do what I love, to find work that was more aligned, to, um, to make sure that I was finding a way to not just do things that would be successful, but also do things that would light me up at the end of the day that felt fulfilling, meaningful, rewarding, and that didn't cost me everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I'm really curious about, since you've worked with 25 different coaches, like, I feel, I think a lot of people, especially if they are, you know, if they haven't worked with a coach or, you know, are not too familiar about like what working with a coach looks like, like, I'm just kind of curious about, you know, how did it come to that? You worked with 25 different coaches. Like, why did you work with different people? And did you like find them all uniquely helpful? Yes, I think it's because I loved it so much and was getting so much value from it. Um, What I found in, you know, my professional career and also then my work with coaches is that it's very rarely an intellectual breakthrough. It's very rarely that there's a strategy that you just had been missing your entire life or like, you know, something that's purely mental. It ends up being very much an emotional breakthrough, right? Like conquering Mm -hmm. your courage, facing your fears, knowing how to deal with any um, guilt or not feeling good enough. Like it always ends up being something that's more about the inner work 
and yeah. less about um, something external that's going to fix my problem. And so that I think is why I've been able to hire different coaches that had um, various belief systems, but also um, really understanding kind of the patterns that would be getting in the way of success in say money, in leadership, in business, in life, you know? So I hired mm -hmm. people that were expert in that area. And, um, and I have, it was a power user of coaches. Like sometimes I would have three, four, even five coaches at the same time. And I, I loved, I loved it so much. And I think, um, you know, now looking back, connecting the dots, it's so obvious that I ended up doing executive coaching and leadership advising. Yeah. But at the time when I was doing it, it was just like something I fell in love with that I couldn't get enough of that anytime anyone said, Hey, I've been working with this incredible coach who's helped me with X, Y, Z. I was like, introduce me. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to, I want to learn and study. And, and it's been incredible because as a result, I've been able to curate really the best wisdom, the best tools, the best techniques, um, mm -hmm. bring that back to my clients. And so in some ways I, kind of like a, a portal for them. So they don't have to spend the same amount of time, money, and energy that I've spent working with 25 coaches and they get to have a bit of a shortcut in my curation of that for them. Yeah, of course. And so you are an author of a book, Bending Reality, How to Make the Impossible Probable. And so tell us a little bit more about that. And I'm sure working with all of these different coaches is kind of like yeah, as you said, you were like a portal. So now like your book is another portal for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I feel like part of my talent is that I've been, you know, such an A plus student my entire life. So I've been able to study kind of the best across peak performance and flow state and leadership and all the mindset knowledge out there. Like I've been able to soak it up like a sponge. And then my talent, I believe, is that I can take that and distill it down to simple frameworks that are very um, easy to understand. And so I'm always consuming, whether it's books, programs, mentors, coaches, um, but then the Bending Reality book um, really breaks everything down into um, basic unlearnings and then basic codes to bending reality. So it's like they, like the best of everything I've ever learned, really ancient wisdom that I think has been passed on and said in different ways, um, but applied to the domain of business, to money, to tech, to entrepreneurship, to things that are very tangible. Because I think for many who study personal development, it can feel a little bit woo or a little bit like, oh, this is kind of a spiritual thing, right? Like a spiritual journey. Right. Um, and I feel like because of my background, I've been able to be this bridge where I can take a lot of that ancient wisdom that is filled with, you know, some call it magic, miracles, mysticism, but I've been able to bridge it into a very tangible language and framework so that people who are left brain analytical, who work in tech, who work in finance, who work in business, can understand and appreciate and apply as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so the book, Bending Reality, I call it that because I believe that we are always bending our reality. It's just that we're often doing so in a very unconscious way. And um, through the book, I'm really teaching people how to very consciously bend the odds to the direction that you want. So um, that's what the book is about. And through um, the tools and the principles of the book, like I've had clients exit their company for $4 billion. I had wow. clients, um, you know, grow over a thousand percent through the first, you know, 
pandemic quarantine. Um, I've had clients like meet me when they were making um, less than 40,000 a year. And then within six months, they're making over seven figures, you know? So it's, it's outcomes that are super physical, tangible, grounded in reality, you know, collapsed at hyperspeed and, um, and really like using the principles that I believe is truly just ancient wisdom. Yeah. And so will you tell us a little bit more about like what some of those principles, um, ours and like what exactly does this bending reality like look like yeah for sure so you know one thing that you can kind of tune into right now is i talk about there being two states of being um so i'll just ask you ariel can you think of the last week something that happened that was unpleasant that you kind of wish went another way um put me on the spot (laughs) uh yeah Okay. You don't have to tell me what it is, but when you tune into it, I just want you to tell me, what do you notice kind of happening physically in your body sensations as you tune into this unpleasant event? Um, I just kind of feel like tightness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. And so when you're in this tightness, how much access do you have to creativity, to your sense of possibilities from here? not a lot. I feel very like shut off and mm-hmm. like small. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So this is a state that in the book I talk about is the first framework. So what you just described, I call contraction. Yeah. And there are certain beliefs we have that cause contraction. There are certain emotions that we have that can cause contraction. And then there are certain actions that we take, you know, like playing small that would make us feel more contracted. And so this is a state that I believe a lot of us unconsciously operate from a place of wanting to protect ourselves, wanting to be kind of vigilant and kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, or, you know, also described as just, um, yeah, like you called it tense, right? Mm-hmm. Like just like a little bit fear-based, a little bit wondering like impending doom gender, what can go wrong? What if this happens? What if that happens? And especially entrepreneurs live in this state because there's so much unknown and ambiguity that can create this state in humans. And so then I'll now ask you to tune in to the opposite, which is I want you to now think of an event in the last week that you're really grateful for, that you're really happy happened. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> awesome. And when you tune in here, what do you feel in your body? What's the state like? Um, just very joyful and light um, and more expansive. Mm, wow. You totally nailed it <laughs> because the second state um, is, yeah, expansion. Um, and it's this expansive feeling that you just described. And from here, how much access do you have to creativity, to your sense of possibilities, to your imagination? Um it's just like more open and all the ideas. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So this is what I believe allows us to access our flow state, what some call peak performance, or really our ability to access, you know, all the infinite possibilities that could exist and therefore consciously bend our reality toward what we want. And so you mentioned openness, like a receptivity that Mm -hmm. um, I believe when we're this open and this receptive, that's when you Uh, magnetize opportunities. That's when people say you're quote unquote lucky. That's when things start to happen like synchronicities and serendipity that don't come to you when you're in that closed off protection state that we described earlier in contraction. So in expansion, I, what I teach in the book and what I help my clients with is how do we release contraction and then start to stabilize expansion so that this state, the second state you felt 
becomes your default state. And so that's really the first framework is just asking yourself in this current moment, do I feel contractive or expansive right now? Yeah. I mean, that's, it already feels like very powerful, like in my mind. Yeah. Also just like, it's a very small shift. So is that a lot of what the bending reality is, is kind of like these small shifts? Yeah, I think that's such a great point. I I try to make my framework super accessible using plain, simple language that doesn't require faith or spiritual belief system or anything else. It's really just like, once you hear it, it's kind of common sense, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, how do I make sure that I remove my limiting beliefs that make me feel contraction in my body? How do I make sure that I remove any guilt, shame, telling me I should do this, I should have known better? Like all of that creates contraction in our body. So once we start to realize the perspectives and beliefs that we hold that actually keep us in contraction, then it becomes much clearer and obvious. Oh, okay, well, what would a more expansive belief be? What would a more expansive feeling be? Oh, okay, gratitude, that feels really good in my system. Peace, that feels really good in my system. So the book is filled with um, frameworks like this, but more importantly, actual steps and tools. It's like every tool I've ever learned to help you access expansion. Yeah, I love it. And I'm curious about what your own kind of journey looks like with that. Cause like, you know, you said that you realized like, even after being successful, you still felt empty. And that's when you, you know, started working with a life coach and got really into that. But I'm just kind of curious about like, will you like maybe take us back to that time of like feeling Mm -hmm. empty and like, what was that really like for you? Yeah. So what I think was the main thing that was going on for me was that I was defining my sense of feeling worthy by getting validation through accolades, achievements, through relationships, um, through just feeling like, oh, this person wants to be with me. Now I feel good enough. This person doesn't want to be with me. Now I don't feel good enough. And it really made me realize that um, I didn't have a sense of self that was independent of um, kind of these superficial or external things that was always going to feed me from the outside in versus knowing how to cultivate that from the inside out. So I would say that when I found my first life coach, I had, I was living in so much contraction without realizing it. And I was, and I was having beliefs of contraction across every area of my life around my health and my sense of, um, beauty and body image. You know, I've had so much contraction around that. I was having contraction around my failed romantic relationships and really feeling a sense of confusion and, um, like, why am I repeating these patterns and kind of dating the same person, but just with different names. Yeah. Uh, I was in a lot of contraction when it came to, uh, my career in terms of thinking like, okay, I'm not really lit up and fulfilled right now, but what else is possible? Do I have any other skills? Like, can I do anything else? What else am I capable of doing? I should just stay and be grateful because so many people want my job. So I should just accept that I'm not that happy because this was really hard to get, you know? So I was always compromising and rationalizing, um, away my emotions of feeling the discontent and trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I would also say that I had a lot of contraction around, um, like what I thought was possible. Like I felt like, you know, money goals, it was very capped at what I thought was a normal amount of money to make, you know, without sacrificing or struggling, you know, constantly being on and working hundred hour weeks, you know, like I had all these conceptions that were really just the status quo beliefs. And I didn't realize that I had a choice to have different beliefs. It was sort of like, whatever reality had accepted as a social norm, like whatever was the belief system of the status quo, however long things should take, however much sacrifice things should take, 
I just accepted and adopted as my truth because mm-hmm. um, that was also it was passed down to me from my parents. And it was also what I was seeing with my peers and society reflected back to me. And so it really took me a while to realize that I was in a version of reality that while true for the people living in it was not the only version of reality that can exist. And I started to, um, in some places, see people who were, you know, living a life of their dreams, courageously going after things they wanted to, making things work, having success and a love life that they were fulfilled by and having their health, you know? Mm-hmm. And in some places, I didn't even see evidence for it yet. So I didn't know how I was going to do it. But over time, I think I realized that it was you know, less important to wait for the how and less important to wait for evidence and start to develop the inner work to start to believe in things that I didn't see, you know, other people doing that I didn't see proof for. I started to see possibilities, even if um, I had no idea how to make them happy for, happen for myself. Yeah. Um, and that was really like the moment when my life completely changed, was just me starting to kind of peer over the wall and realize that while this seems normal to everybody else, there's something else available to me. And I want to find out what that is. Yeah. Oh, I love, I just, there's so much in that, that I really love that you shared. And especially like, again, just talking about like your reality and it might be everyone else's reality, but it doesn't have to be yours. Like, even if you're like in it, there's still more possibilities. So just being able to see that. And I think a lot of people always talk about like that you don't have to worry about the how, but like, for me, I am such a like analytical person. I need the steps. I'm like, it's so hard to let go of like not knowing the how and just like seeing the possibilities. And so I'm kind of curious of like, for you, you know, how are you able to like release that? And like, like, did you know that, um, I guess like how much like vision did you have to create for yourself to kind of move forward and see these shifts? Yeah, it's a great question. I do believe that you're not alone. Like most of the world needs to know how before they take action. (laughs) And I was this way for a long time as well. And what I have found to believe, and it does require you to create evidence for yourself. So it becomes easier and easier for this to believe, right? Like when there's no evidence, it feels impossible. Once you start to create evidence because you see it in others, or you start to create it from your own life, it starts to normalize it. And the more easy you make it, then all of a sudden it feels like it's, you're not even noticing you're doing it anymore. You know, sort of like the first time anyone ran a four minute mile, no one thought it was possible. Then once someone did it, it was like, everyone was doing it, you know? So it is that as well. So bringing that back to how, um, what I have seen in my life is that when I try to control and predict my reality by following a very clear playbook of how, Mm -hmm. not only does the how often feel really draining, like, oh, I just set up Facebook ads and create a funnel and an email list and, you know, like do things I don't want to do. Not only is there like so much contraction tied to what I think I'm supposed to do, but what I also notice is I'm often capped at the results that people expect based on those playbooks, right? So mm-hmm. this is how you grow your business. Here's how long it's going to take. Here's what you got to do. And what I found working with entrepreneurs is that they are often creating from no time at all. Like there's things happening so fast in the startup world that, um, that they're creating new playbooks for it. Sort of like when Google first created its culture and now it's become the role model for everyone else trying to become like them, uh, culturally. Mm -hmm. Right. Or it's like, 
oh, how did Uber grow so fast and, and branch out and expand in all these new cities so fast? Okay, let me use the Uber playbook for my food startup now, you know? So mm-hmm. there's people who um, are able to create new paradigms of what's possible in collapsing time. But yeah. I believe that only happens if you're willing to create your own original playbook versus try to copy someone else's or think that this is what's required and following the how. So when I started to see that that was true in startup worlds and starting to see that was true for anyone that was doing anything interesting really quickly, I was like, wow, it feels like they're doing something I've never seen anybody else do. And they're kind of following, you know, marching to the beat of their own drum. Like they're not really basing it off of what people expect as possible. So then I realized that for myself, when awesome things happened, I only know how I did it looking backward. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like after the thing happened, I'm like, whoa, that was amazing. (laughs) I couldn't have planned it better if I tried to make it happen. Like if I tried to make that happen, it probably wouldn't have turned out as great as being surprised by how that unfolded. And now I realize that you don't really know, you're going to keep asking how until you wonder how you did it because you'll be like on the other side of it and being like, whoa, that was crazy, (laughs) you know? And then you can try to tell people you should do the same thing I did, but the truth is it probably won't work, you know? And so even, um, it's like we we get really caught up trying to have it be this certain specific way. It's almost like we put ourselves in contraction by trying to control and predict it at that level of accuracy. Whereas when we surrender and we open and there's a level of courage and trust where we're kind of like, you know what? I'm actually not attached to how it happens. I'm just going to trust that if I take these actions and Mm -hmm. I feel aligned in terms of my thoughts, or I believe in this and my feelings are ones of joy and excitement, then this will unfold in a way that will be better than I even could have imagined. And now that's how I hold my visions is like, whatever I want to happen. I don't say, oh my God, this is so urgent. It needs to happen in like five days. It's like, okay, this is my vision. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just have a good feeling that if I do these things and make sure I have that sense of internal alignment around my goal, then the how will unfold itself while I'm walking toward it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And it is just kind of, I like how you talk about, um, really creating your own playbook and like, you know, everyone else, like they are growing on their own timeline and, you know, you can kind of like look back and see what they did, but at the same time, like you still need to have your own playbook and look at like what you want to do, but also have it be in line with yourself. And I mean, so with this podcast, I am all about, you know, people really being authentic and being themselves and not having to worry about like, you know, being like somebody else. So, um, Mm -hmm. I always like to ask, like, how has being yourself like impacted your success? I mean, it's everything. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and I feel like that's the only puzzle pieces to find. It's just more of who you are. Right. Yeah. It's not like some secret strategy or um, information, you know, that someone else is going to give you. It's more like I every day I'm becoming more myself. Every day I'm discovering more of who I am. Every day I'm becoming aware of things within me that I maybe like went dormant for many years because I didn't cultivate them. You know, it's like I'm coming back to my essence. I'm coming back to my fullest expression. And so to me, my journey to quote unquote success as you know society calls it mm-hmm. is really just a journey of becoming, you know, um, who I am and becoming everything I meant to be in this lifetime and just sort of trusting that unfolding. Yeah. I love that. And, um, I was going to ask you earlier, but like you brought it up again of like, quote unquote success, like what does like success look like to you now, you know, especially since before 
you know, you kind of checked all the check marks and it wasn't fulfilling. Like, what does it mean to yeah. you now? Yeah. So I don't see things as binary anymore. So I think like in the past, it was very narrow. My concepts of like, here's what success looks like. Here's what failure would be. And it's either I succeeded or I failed, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, whereas now I really see it as, um, a journey of like, almost like surprising myself and blowing my mind with things that I didn't even know were possible. And, and ultimately that comes from alignment with myself. So to me, success, whether something works or not, just gives me a mirror to know, like, am I aligned with this? Like, have I done the inner work? Do I believe, like, if I'm going after something while believing it's not possible, then I'm going to go like nowhere very slowly. <laughs> but if I realize like, okay, my thoughts, feelings, and actions are aligned. This feels like an expression of who I am, my values, my mission, my purpose on this planet. This feels like it's, it's me, you know, then like that's all it is it's like okay well then of course I became a match for that kind of an outcome because I was so aligned and so now when something's not uh something's off or something doesn't work out the way I hoped it is I just look at that as okay like that either wasn't for me or there's something about the fact that I was coming more from ego versus heart or I was coming from more fear than I was courage and then that's just about me getting to do the inner work and become more aligned internally. So it doesn't really, it's not really about the external reality anymore of what success means. It's really more about the inner landscape of, can I become the most congruent version of me, the most aligned version of me so that everything I do becomes really a full expression of me. Yeah. I love that. I mean, just everything you're saying, it just seems so like life is all just like about like kind of like this flow and aligning yourself with your own flow and kind of, you know, moving in your own direction. So I love mm -hmm. it. And then, so like, as people are kind of, you know, trying to step into alignment with, you know, what they really want to do. And especially after like this past year, I know a lot of people are kind of switching careers or like wanting to become entrepreneurs. Um, what are some things that might, they might miss as they're making these decisions to to switch their life up? Yeah, I think that for me, what was hard to see was something that was maybe outside my lane. So it's like, we often get trapped thinking like, I'm a lawyer, I only have this kind of knowledge. And so I can only do things that would hire lawyers. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I worked in finance. So the only job that makes sense is to do something in finance or as an investor. And so I think it's important that we don't limit what's possible to like our history of what quote unquote makes sense based on what we've done or what our skill sets are currently. Because mm -hmm. um, I do think that caps us because for a lot of us, the first jobs we chose were not necessarily jobs that lit us up. They were just the jobs that, you know, were maybe made sense to us that we had um, role models for around us or that we thought was what we needed to feel safe and secure financially, pay back debt, et cetera. Um, but yeah. then if we map everything out to have to quote unquote, make sense with that, then we might continuously make very micro adjustments that keep us in jobs that still don't really light us up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the first thing to notice is just like, can you give yourself permission to have a blank slate and really ask yourself, like, if, you know, one question you can ask is if I had five lives, what would I do professionally in each one? And then that sort of gives you this blank slate to think really from your imagination, yeah. what would I do if I had five lies, <laughs> you know, and that's super fun. That's a fun exercise to, to start to figure out like one, how can I incorporate more, more of those things into my life currently, even if it's not a job, like maybe it's painting, maybe it's singing, dancing, you know, like how can I just do more of that in my life? Yeah. Or how do I also just start thinking about, okay, well, what are the 
actions I can do to align myself with that new career. And, and really believing, I believe that freedom is, there's so many definitions of how we experience freedom, but one of them is just constantly evolving, the freedom to constantly evolve and to feel like you have the permission to change your career as you decide to, you know, it's like, I'm currently a leadership advisor. I'm no, I'm not attached to doing this for the rest of my life. And I'm going to give myself the freedom to constantly evolve as I discover new parts of myself that might want different things. Yeah. I love that. And I think that, um, five lives exercises, I've never heard that before. And I mean, I just think that, um, would be really interesting to do. I think you'd find out like so much about yourself by doing that. So yeah, I, really like I, got that. That, I got that from the artist way. So there's anyone listening who loves creativity or wants to know how to express their creativity more. I highly recommend, um, I think it's Julia Cameron artist way. Okay. Awesome. And so, um, you know, we talked a little bit about your book, Bending Reality. And first, I want you to tell people like where they can find that, but also like how can people work with you if they, you know, want to take this like a step further? Yeah. So thanks to Simon and Schuster, the book is available wherever books are sold. And if you do get it, I would love an Amazon review or Barnes and Noble, wherever you got the book. Um, I would so appreciate that. Um, and the ways to work with me, I now, since the book came out, have so many new ways to work with me. Um, one of the most exciting newest ways is that I'm doing a course just for those who read Bending Reality. So it's for the people who want um, to go deeper into the principles and expand even more in their life. And so that's a live course. And I'm super excited. Uh, I have old and new clients taking it. I have certain clients that are actually like in all my courses simultaneously at the same time. <laughs> and I also have um, some in that course that are actually partners of clients. So people who've been hearing about the work um, because you know they're, they're with someone who's my client and now they're in the Bending Reality course. So it's gonna be a super fun group. Um, and then I also have the Alchemy Journeys. All of this can be found on my website, which is www.com victoriasong.me. And so, yeah, I offer private coaching and group coaching. Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely put all of that, um, in the show notes that people can, you know, get the book and like learn more about these courses and work with you. That's really awesome. And I mean, what kind of like impacts do you really want to have with the work that you're doing? Yeah. So I have like probably like 15 things, but a couple <laughs> of the things are, I really do want to create a new paradigm for success, wealth, and power on the planet. Like I really want the future to belong to healed, heart-centered, emotionally intelligent leaders, you know, so people who are doing this inner work and who are coming from a whole place. Cause I do believe that when we are looking to make money or have power over others or have success to fill a void within, it will always lead to toxic outcomes. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's part of my mission is to really redefine um, what power, wealth and success can look like on the planet. Um, and uh, another thing that I'm really interested in is to role model more of the feminine leadership qualities that I do believe exist in both men and women. It's just to date, we have de-emphasized what comes naturally to women. So mm -hmm. things like connection, collaboration, empathy, creativity, imagination, more right brain thinking, like those are qualities that um, we haven't traditionally considered as important as raw, you know, mental IQ or right. analytical, logical, linear thinking. Um, so 
I would love for there to be an equal respect and honoring of both the masculine and feminine qualities in leaders. And then I feel like I want to be part of why the world's becoming a better place. You know, like I want to, I want to help create a world that works for everyone. And so that's part of my mission as well. And that's why I choose to work with leaders. So all of my clients are a leader in their domain, whether it's because they're the CEO of a company or they're uh, an artist who's like using their art um, to influence the world in a positive direction. But everyone that works with me, um, because they're a leader, I feel like I'm able to make more of a ripple effect through the work that we do together. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I love ripple effects. I'm all about them. And I think that, I mean, I really do believe that change can just start with like one person or one aspect of your life. So I love what you're doing. And I think by, yes, by working with these leaders, like you're just having an impact on like their whole lives and really getting them into you know, alignment with what they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, we're all here to do something. So I love that you are helping them like really tap into that. And is there any um, like piece of advice or a message that you want to leave with people today? So one of the unlearnings from my book is that the moment you try to be anyone else, but you, you create contraction. And so because this is your podcast to be you, I really want to remind people that, It's the moment we learn to almost shave off all the coding and programming that is trying to make us anyone else but ourselves, whether that's the way we look or the way we talk or what we think we want for ourselves. That's when we come back to who we are, kind of like peeling back an onion. And that's when we're in our most expansive state is when we are truly our true essence. Awesome. Yes. I love it. Like, that is like the perfect message to leave on, especially for this audience. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Ariel. So you've just learned a new way to look at success. So it's more fulfilling what it looks like to live in a state of contraction versus expansion and how you can create your own playbook. And that's just the beginning of how to bend your reality. So be sure to purchase Bending Reality, How to Make the Impossible Probable, and connect with Victoria through her website, victoriasong.me. And if you want to save space to receive support on your escape from people-pleasing and to celebrate the new reality that you're creating, come join us in the free It's Time to Be You Facebook community. I would love to support you on your journey. Just click the link in the show notes and I'll talk to you soon.